0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Paralegal Mastery Lounge podcast. Jacqueline Foster here. Today's episode is amazing. That's all I need to say is it's an amazing episode with a fellow paralegal who has found her way to six figures. You're going to want to listen to this episode because it touches on almost everything we have covered in this podcast as far as it relates to employee and career development um, thus far. As you know, she talks about Intrapreneurship. She, even though she may not realize she's talking about intrapreneurship, she talks about entrepreneurship. She talks about how to invest in yourself and invest and not get stagnant and specialize and um, take those courses and keep growing yourself and really, really unique to just hook you in right away. I want to share a really interesting part of her journey. Stephanie has figured out, has found her way to a six figure paralegal career with one law firm. She started in this law firm eight years ago. The law firm was a solo firm, and she, along with her attorney, collaborated, worked together, she supported her attorney in growing this firm to the level that they're able to pay her a six-figure salary as a manager. So super, super cool, not something you hear of often, but I think it's really exciting to give paralegals hope that if we invest in our firms, it will come back to us or it should come back to us. All right, everybody. Um, And as a reminder, Paralegal Mastery Lounge does have courses available for on-demand purchase at this time. So in the theme of this topic, there is so many courses already on there as it relates to career development, personal development to reach a six-figure career. So head over to paralegalmasterylounge.com and let us know at the end of the episode what you thought of today's recording. All right, Stephanie. Well, thank you so very much for um, meeting with me today and sharing a little bit about your journey through your six-figure paralegal um, jer- uh, career journey. I guess I should <laughs> say. So, if we could just to get started, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? You know, your career path from then to now, and, and how you found yourself where you're at. Yeah, sure.
1: So first, I want to thank you for letting me share my experience and my paralegal journey here. I'm thrilled and honest to join the podcast. Um, so thank you. Um, all right, I guess uh, I could start with how I got interested in law. Um, I blame my father <laughs> for that. He, um, he used to love Uh, reading like legal novels. um, And he used to love watching movies. And I remember watching like A Time to Kill in middle school with him. Right. So um, I kind of started liking the law and I was intrigued by it. And, um, you know, naturally, I followed the steps of going into um, a bachelor's with something to do with law. Um, So my first, I got two bachelors, by the way, Uh, my first was in humanities and justice, and I took a lot of law, pre-law classes, um, pre-law boot camp at John Jay College in New York. Um, And then I graduated, that was intense. Um, And for some reason, I was interested in forensic psychology. So I went back and I decided to, to kind of study that. And I had some awesome professors, um, and I went into like a minor slash certificate program for alternative dispute resolution, okay, which was, you know, eye opening, and it led me to this awesome internship at a nonprofit called Family Kind. Um, Family Kind is um, uh, a service that uh, this person. Um, created. Her name is Leslie Freeland. She's incredible. It's her birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday! Oh, happy Leslie. birthday, Leslie. <laughs> um, so she started. She was a court attorney in a Brooklyn family court, and she started like a mediation kind of program in the courts that eventually kind of fell through. And so when I met her as her intern, um, she was just starting. It was the first few years of her nonprofit. Um, what she does is basically gets parties going through divorce to play nice for the um, sake of the children, you know, they offer um, mediation services for low, low cost and parent coordination um, and it was just kind of fantastic to see her kind of build this from the ground up, right, and yeah. um, she's kind of my mentor. I would say like my idol. Um, I have high, high regards for her. Um, and she was very influential in my career path. She also introduced me to my boss. Um, cause one, another thing about Leslie is that she's a connector. I don't know if you ever met someone like that yep. in the past, like in your journey. Um, yes. But she connects people um, and she's just amazing. So she connected me with my boss. My my boss at the time was about four to five months into his solo practice. He started a matrimonial practice like in November 2014. And by the time he needed to hire someone, he had reached out to Leslie and said he was looking. So um, I met him and he hired me <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've been with him you know, eight years now. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, when, when you start, when a lot of people start in the paralegal career, they kind of go into like bigger firms or maybe like, you know, someone that already has a firm established. I was lucky enough to go into it with him when he was building it. So I kind of got the back curtain kind of, um, you know peak basically of how to build the law firm so him and I have built the law firm together I would say um he's taught me everything I know he's a great boss um an excellent lawyer um and so I started with him in August of 2014 and um when I started, I knew that I was going to move out of New York in about a year. And I told him that when I, when he hired, you know, when I interviewed with him, he basically said, let's try it out for a year. You know, you can find your replacement. I think it'd be a great, um, you know, great uh, to work together and see where it goes. So When it was time for me to move I he basically told me let's make it work you know people work remote all the time this was before COVID before all of us went remote um and so I hired my physical replacement in the office um and I you know moved to Massachusetts and we've been working remotely ever since so um I should also mention that I got a certificate, like a paralegal certification uh, from Hunter College. That was many, many years ago. And um, looking back, I think it was, I guess, kind of helpful to kind of understand um, what the work would be like, but it doesn't. at least in my experience, I think I learned everything by doing what I did, you know, working in the firm. Um, So now um, we grew the firm. So by 2018, we had we added another lawyer to the firm. And she's also a fantastic person. I think we've gotten very lucky to kind of have people that work together so well in a team um, and the different personalities and how we interact with our clients is different. And we, I always say like, if a client doesn't fit in with the specific attorney, you know, this other attorney uh, is, you know, more of a fit for them. So, um, you know, some some clients need a lot of hand holding, and uh, re- they need responses right away. One of our attorneys might be in court all the time and need someone that's more hands on, right? So we shift him over to the next attorney. So by 2018, we hired Cherry, um, and she came from a background of um, her own having her own uh, law firm. many years ago in Connecticut, same amount of experience of about the same um, numbers of years of experience with John. So it's great to have that. And some clients gravitate more to a female attorney and some of them gravitate more to a male attorney. So, you know, we're we're great with having that. Um, So 2018, we hired her and a lot of the managerial stuff came to be kind of put on my plate, you know, so my boss would be like, Stephanie, can you handle the insurances? Sure. Stephanie handled, um, you know, payroll, I don't know how to keep track of everyone's payroll. So, Um, I naturally fell into this role of the manager. So one day I joked around with him and I said, you know, I think I should have the title office manager (laughs) (laughs) because I'm doing all the work. So he's like, yeah, you can call yourself whatever you want, Stephanie, go ahead. So I got like the unofficial title of office manager, but I hadn't like gotten a raise yet for it. Uh, Although you know, I did get a raise like maybe two years beforehand. um, And I never thought of like speaking up about it. I just wanted to get through the day um, and moved on. So fast forward to last year, um, you know, I had gotten a certification from um the state, New York State has like this. Um, you can call yourself a certified paralegal if you have all these um numbers of years of experience, et cetera. So I got that. He was very proud. Um, and we went through hiring um a legal assistant because the the one that um we had uh kind of went to a, like a different area of law. Um, And so we lost a great, great team member. Um, But I hired a replacement um, and she was not the best worker. Um, And so, you know, when she left, my boss picked up the phone and was basically like, you know, the good thing about this bad experience was that, um, you know, I appreciate you and the rest of the team. And, you know, I think that you deserve a raise. That's basically what he said to me. And so it was last year that I officially graduated to the six-figure paralegal club,
0: yeah. um,
1: and it would it it took that I guess experience for our firm to to go through all this friction that create that this person created that wasn't a good fit um, as a legal assistant uh, for him to like recognize you know um, that we do have a great team right and, right um, so. Uh, what else can I say? Um, yeah, so another thing that I think was like a great uh, experience for me before I became a paralegal was I, in, I volunteered for this organization called Court Appointed Special Advocates. I don't know if you ever heard of them. No. So um, basically, I think there is a, we call them CASAs. I think there's a CASA um, organization in every state. It could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure in most states. uh, So basically what a court appointed special advocate does is they're um, people, they don't have to have legal experience. They just have to go through uh, training and they're ordered by the judge to a case to help facilitate a specific issue in
0: the case or just speak for the child, basically,
1: hmm. you know, okay.
0: so, so the guardian ad litems, is that different than the guardian? Ad um,
1: it depends on the state, because some states guardian ad litems need to be lawyers, whereas yes. CASAs are non-lawyers, okay. right? Yeah, uh, but in certain them. states, guardian ad litems could be non-lawyers. So it, I
0: like guess Minnesota is that way. I'm actually, I live in Wisconsin, but I'm not totally sure because I haven't really done a ton of paralegal work in Wisconsin. But I know Minnesota, you know, and I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole, but Minnesota is, is we just referred to them as guardian ad litem, and they do not have to be attorneys. Got it. Yeah, so some states, right? Sure. Um, We can never get on the same page state to state, right? (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, it was back in 2011 before um, I even, like, you know, went back to school for anything. I'm sorry. I should have shut off my phone. I don't know why. Sorry about that. Um, So in 2011, I became a CASA in New York City, and it was fantastic. I think it was a great experience for me. And I think that anyone that wants to be a lawyer or work in the legal field, Mm -hmm. um, or even social work, right, that cannot get an internship or don't know where to start, could do this and get experience. Um, I mean, you write a court report for the judge, you know, every court appearance, you're there. Um, you communicate with attorneys. It's kind of like a peek behind what you may expect to see as a lawyer. Right, right? And so I think it was beneficial for me to do that. And I think it was one of the reasons why my boss hired me. Because right. he, before he was a family um, law attorney, he advocated for, uh, for children, right, in the court system. Um, and he also... I uh, was an attorney for ACS, which is the uh, foster care agency in New York state. Um, and so he knew about CASA. And I think that maybe, and I joke around to the say, you still hired me because I was a CASA, right? <laughs> okay, <sure. laughs> so I think that that's something that, uh, that helped me get my job and also get the experience that I needed to feel confident enough to go into this work. Right. right. Um, so Today, um, um, we have three lawyers in our, in our team, and uh, we just hired a second legal assistant. So, uh, Diane, and we hired someone else. She's gonna start in November. We're looking to hire another attorney, uh, which is very much needed at this point. Um, and I think, like, for me, as a manager of this law firm that's very successful, I think for me, my goal is to make the atmosphere at our firm um, just a place where you wanna work. Now, it's already like that. Like my boss always says, you know, the legal, our job is very, very stressful, right? The legal world is stressful especially like when you're dealing with clients who need an order of protection and you have to run to court, you have to leave all of the cases that you were working on to go and concentrate on that one case to get an order of protection, right? Right. And so we already have this demanding, stressful kind of atmosphere. Why ruin and make something, even a job more stressful um, by having the wrong people in it you know the wrong uh, workers the wrong team members in there um so we've been lucky enough to have a great team and we all fit with each other um but there's certain things that happen like you know if you calendar the wrong date or you didn't put in the um, right ticklers to remind you to prep for something and you're waiting to the last minute and everyone's stressed and um down each other's throats right so For my goal as a manager is to put in place um, procedures to avoid all of that, so that we can prep for trial a month, two months before, you know, not two weeks or whatever it is, so that we never drop a motion date. You know, luckily we've never done that. We've always been great on point. We've never not showed up to a court appearance. Right? We are lucky to do that. But I'm sure that um, other law firms that may have a high turnover. Run that risk, you know. And um, the workers are the ones that are constantly like going to bed, going, did I calendar that? Did that person before they quit calendar that? You yeah. know, motion or whatever. So I want to avoid that. That's that's my my goal as a manager. I want to make sure that our staff are happy because our currency is not. I, I don't at least I don't believe this. It's not like the lawyers. I think the currency is. Um, our, our team, you know, Uh, everyone is not beneath anyone else. And I'm happy that, you know, the attorneys, um, have that mindset as well. Like we all pitch in, no one's beneath the job. Um, you know, no one's sitting there like that's not my job to answer phones or cover for someone out or, you know, um, filing a notice of appearance, like, why would I do that? Like, no one's like that. So I, I want to make sure that we keep uh, um, keep the system going, basically, and, and um, have the, the great team that um, we deserve. And then, of course, our clients, right? Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, basically, uh, that's my goal as an, as an office manager here. Um, but I like the paralegal work a lot. Um, you know, I love like getting ready for trial. I have like these checklists that I create as we go, you know, like, oh, I can make a checklist about depositions so that when I'm not around or the new person comes in, they can kind of review the checklist and then, you know, take it from there. If if we're all out sick with COVID, right. Right, right. Um, Help that one attorney get a head start. Uh, and I read this awesome book called the checklist manifesto. And they basically tell you how to write a checklist. I know it sounds so like uh, common sense, but it's a great book. I recommend
0: it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. You are, I mean, like you're literally hitting so many huge points. I'm sitting here on my notebook, just circling things, you know, so I want to unpack a little bit of it because, you know, so what an incredible journey that you've been, you've managed to build your entire paralegal career in one firm from, you know, that to that six figures, like that's such incredible dedication And it speaks such volume in the fact that you joined that firm and it was brand new, brand new solo firm, and you've built it to been a huge part in building it to what it is today. That is sincerely the definition of an entrepreneur. And it just gives me so much excitement because it's it's proof. You are living proof that if you invest your energy, your time, your Development into a company that you love and believe in, and you know, want to see succeed, you are going to reap benefits similarly as the owner of the business. And so that's where I kind of want to talk a little bit about how you, you know, how you came in and this attorney. First of all, if your attorney ever listens to this podcast, I want to completely commend him for his incredible commitment to. You as a good employee, like not many attorneys would offer a pay raise without being pestered. Um, and we try to educate on the, you know, on my staffing side of things on how this is how you keep good employees. Like you really need to compensate them accordingly, recognize their value and give them, um, and that type of thing. So hats off to him. It sounds like he is really committed to taking care of his employees, which is awesome. And now you, you know, talking about how you want to make this a good atmosphere um, for other people to work in. You want to hire the ro- the right people versus the wrong people. And you're fixing these systems. You're fixing these processes or improving them. The fact that you said you're reading a book on the, what did you call it? The checklist? Um,
1: Manifesto. <laughs> Manifesto.
0: I mean, you're reading... Books on your free time to bring back to your company, and even backing up one more time, I think it was the very first video lesson I published in the Paralegal Mastery Lounge on getting into that entrepreneur mindset. And I constantly say, you know, there's a good chance that all of these titles that have the the earning potential of six figures in the paralegal world. It chances are you're already functioning in these titles. You just don't have the title yet. So ask for the title. <laughs> <laughs> ask I, for the title. I uh, agree. I yeah, agree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's, I love that you did that because it's like that's why I I you know I know I worked as a paralegal. I work with paralegals all the time, all day, every day. We talk, and ninety percent of the time they're managing the office, or they're managing e discovery, or they're managing trial prep. And it's it's I always say just ask your firm for a title change, uh, so you can showcase that on your resume. If by chance the firm you're with does have no longer has growth potentials for you, but it sounds like your firm is going to create all those growth potentials. Something I want to sort of unpack with you is how through those courses of eight years, obviously you played a major part in that firm's development for him to even be able to offer you that six-figure salary last year. What key collaborations or initiatives do you believe you took over the course of these last eight years with your firm to improve the company and get him you know, to a place where he's hiring associates and another, you know, or I don't know if it's a partner, but another attorney, um, more staff members, you know, what types of things did you work on closely with him to get his firm to where it's at today?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think, first of all, I learned a lot from him, right? So I do want to credit him uh, for that. I also feel like he's more open-minded than anyone else I've met I mean I obviously it's my only firm I can't compare it to anyone else Sure. but I hear horror stories about how um you know other bosses um don't want to change at all they don't right. want changes in their firm and so I was lucky enough to be able to have someone that is open-minded to changing things right so I think it, it was not, nothing that I really could think about but I can tell you like I did become a manager before before time right so when we fired when we hired the first legal assistant be, beside like after me I had to teach her everything so I had to like this is how we do billing and so I put a billing check like a billing checklist of how to do billing there like it just kind of grew as I did a task i would tell him we this is the way we do it i don't think that works we should do it this way right so if it wasn't for getting his buy-in so easily i think we'd be stuck in bad patterns right Right. um we also like use a great case management system I, i swear i'm not trying to get anyone to buy buy this but Clio is awesome. I mean, yeah. and we go to the Clio conference every year. I mean, we're going there in a couple of days um, and we learn a lot from that conference, right? So how to improve our uh, automation, um, you know, how to basically start a case and end it in the best way to do it and how to do it faster. It's always kind of been on my mind, Right like yep. um legal project management right so i know every there project management out there and they they do great things but as a manager or a paralegal that's managing cases we kind of do that naturally right okay so um what's going on in this case and what's going on in that case and the paralegals kind of have their own way of managing the systems right well this is how i keep track of these kind of cases the uncontested divorces or the estate planning or the wills, right? And this is how we keep track of litigation. So we manage all of that, not even knowing that we have this skill set that we can pull up the case and and figure out where it is and what to do next. Like in my firm, we use OneDrive and we use like this huge document that I created. Uh, Basically, what, what case do you need to know? The last telephone call you had with this person was this, and this was the plan of action that we had to implement. And you've done this, this, and this, right? Next steps are that. So we have this awesome, like, I think it's like 400 page um, uh, document that lives there and we can track each case, right? Yeah. Um, so, So I would say like naturally I, and it's not only me, it's every paralegal out there. We naturally know how to keep track of things. Um, and therefore I think that's when I contribute it, you know? Oh god, um,
0: yeah. Well and our- systems and processes, I think it it as simple as it sounds, because it's like you said, we we just do this naturally as paralegals. Um, but actually implementing it into a law firm that is repeatable, predictable, and mend amendable in case, you know, as the firm grows, as we add more team members, that's what makes a law firm scalable. So and and I love that you said your attorney is open to change because I, we, you know, we all work with attorneys over our years. I remember one I worked with that just absolutely refused to use a case management system. And I'm like, okay, well that, you know, and this was back circa 2013, you know, when, when it wasn't, you know, there was no remote work, but that's where every time we had turnover in the firm it was so hard to bring somebody new in because we had no systems in place. It was just, okay, we're going to start passing things onto your desk and hope you do it right. And hope things get documented somewhere where the next person can pick it up. And that particular firm had awful turnover. So, you know, it, it makes it nearly impossible to scale a firm when every six months you're recycling a new employee and trying to train them into no systems. So, That's, that's huge. And then now you're setting yourself up and I didn't mean to cut you off, but now you're setting yourself up in your managerial, you know, initiatives to actually create a really um, enjoyable atmosphere to work in for paralegals, whether they're entry level, senior, or somewhere in between. Um, Our toughest placements for retention on our placements is the firms that when our paralegals come in they're sold one type of job in the interview and then then they get in and it's complete dumpster fire like every every file is past deadline every client is mad inboxes overflowed they're like here take over this last paralegal that quits email inbox and go through the thousands of messages that applied oh, wow. to you know those types of things and they'll literally quit within a week or two because the market is so competitive right now they probably have an offer on the table um, that they can take and as a backup so just wanted to say like there there's a lot to be said about both your your attorneys um, innovative way that not a lot of attorneys are born with. They have to learn <laughs> to be more open and also your initiatives to implement all these systems. And yes, shout out to Cleo. Uh, it's one of my favorite platforms. As yes.
1: Well.
0: <laughs> yes. So, um, so what uh, now going forward, what are your next moves in your career? I think you talked a little bit about some things you were going to be looking into doing, but what are your next you know, you've hit the six figures, what are the goals past there? And now that you've gotten yourself here, you probably have some sort of insight on what's going to get you there. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit on on those goals and, and your action plan to get there.
1: Yeah, I mean, so long term goals. Um, I want to become a certified legal manager um, through the Association of Legal Administrators. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but um, they have great resources. I mean, now that I, I I need to like do financial reports and I have no idea where to start with that, you know, they have kind of helped me. I have a mentor uh, through them and I kind of ask them questions like, oh, you know, we are implementing health insurance and I have no idea how, one, to do it, two, how to, you know, what we should pay for for our uh, staff and and so they answer questions did they have like roundtables so you can go to um, so definitely want to become one of those certified legal managers but it it is going to take a little bit of time it's like a three-year um, what do you call it I have to be a manager for three years before I can even apply to uh, take the test okay. so um, so it's going to be a little while before I get there I do want to learn about legal project management. I know we do, I do it and everyone, most paralegals do it um, naturally, but I I, I want to learn like how to do it better, right? It's, there's there's no um, downside to keep uh, learning basically. No, um, ultimately though, I would love to go to law school. I haven't quite abandoned that chip yet. Um, you know, life gets in the way. Um, yes. But like I tell my husband, I go, I think I only want to go to law school so that I can become a managing partner and just manage the firm because I like doing it. You know, sure. I don't think I want to pra- I'll practice law if I have to, but most states don't allow a non-lawyer to right. own a law a law firm. And so in, if I ever do want to own a law firm or take over, you know, this law firm when my boss is ready to retire, I need to be a lawyer. So Um, that's what I'll do. Um, But in for for our team, and for for our firm, I would love to see it grow in the next three years to eight attorneys, you know, and more staff to help those attorneys. Um, And I think becoming a certified legal manager would definitely help me learn how to put everything in place for everyone to come in and also how to structure a firm that big, right? right.
0: Because
1: you, I can manage one attorney, I can manage three, um, but I don't think I can manage eight. I don't think anyone can, right? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just learning, just learning how to do that. Um, so yeah, that, that would be it. And continue my mission to make sure that our staff members have, a work-life balance um, and are not stressed out all the time and um, just, uh, you know, promote the profession, the legal profession to be something you don't want to escape from.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And everybody listening right now, I just want to land this in. Stephanie is the definition of an entrepreneur. Like you are actually listening to somebody that has utilized entrepreneurial skills, whether she realized she was doing it or not over these last few years and moving forward and put those into her employer's company and her employer's risk. So that is, that's, I have actual chills because you're that's you are a living, breathing entrepreneur. Um, and I have no doubt in my mind that you won't achieve all the things that you're saying you want to achieve. Cause it sounds like you've also paved such a clear roadmap, even all the way to the law school you know, it's not just you talk to so many paralegals that think they might want to go to law school. Just, you know, I mean, I think we all kind of get a little bit of an itch here or there in our careers where we're like, oh, God, we could be a lawyer right now. We're basically doing all the things. We're just not actually going to court or signing the documents. And, um, you know, a lot of the times it's just for those reasons. But it sounds like you have such a clear path all the way through, Um to to your end, why, you know, even if you went into law school that you could become a man managing partner and utilize both those skills because most managing partners I work with in my company have zero management skills. Like, and I shouldn't say zero management skills, zero management, background, experience, knowledge, continuing education. They're just managing the law practice, if that makes sense, versus the law firm of, KPIs, bookkeeping, financials, quarterlies, reports, keeping your people happy, keeping you know people in strategic roles, profit margins, uh, you know, top and bottom, all those types of things that they are they were never educated to do. So if that is a career path you choose, I think you're gonna be wildly, wildly successful. Um so last little like topic or question for A lot of paralegals that are going to be listening to this podcast episode maybe have not yet even come close to reaching six figures. I'm still really working on my mission to raise awareness that this profession of being a paralegal has so many different avenues, so many um, higher ceilings than we're even aware of at the moment. And it's going to get bigger. That's my ultimate mission with my Paralegal Mastery Lounge, both with the entrepreneurs and the intrapreneurs and saying, hey, we can command more, but we have to become more to get there. Um. So what type of advice do you have for those paralegals that are maybe sitting at the 45,000, 60,000 salary range and they just don't think they'll ever even come close to the six figures unless they go into some big law or... Um, corporate law or something of that nature?
1: Yeah, so definitely invest in your skills. Um, You know, I feel like a lot of people go into a position um, and then they kind of stay stagnant there. You know, they're happy with what they're making or their spouse makes all the money and they just kind of want spending money, whatever it is, and they don't grow, right? And, And so I think that just taking a course that intrigues you doesn't even have to be like law related you know just grow from where you are I mean if you take an IT course and then all of a sudden you're like wow my my the legal profession kind of lacks all again with this phone sorry the legal profession lacks all these like cyber securities and I'm going to like become the it person of you know cyber uh, b- bringing cybersecurity to law like anything that intrigues you that you are not going to stay stagnant and especially in your like mindset right um, so investing in your skills um, definitely network I think that you know. Uh, our firm is great at like taking us to like the galas, right? Uh, for this nonprofit and that nonprofit and you meet people and you you kind of have like your Rolodex or whatever it's called of like people that you um, ultimately might find helpful for your career, a mentor uh, or your next job, right? Um, And definitely specialize in something, I think. I I think that, you know, I got lucky in terms of coming into, like, already family law, I mean, working with CASA. Uh, But there might be people out there who are working for, like, a big firm that does kind of everything and they do everything. But if you specialize in something and and become that person that everyone goes to in your firm um, for, you know, Solving a problem, I think that's that's um, great because you're the person, the go-to person that uh, your boss is going to say, "Wow, if that person leaves, like my whole firm will fall apart, you know, oh. or my department will fall apart." Um, so yeah, so definitely do that. And I think also giving back, right? Um, and and this is this might just be the way I grew up, and apply to everyone, but like giving back to a, an organization, like, I, I'm still a CASA up here um, in Massachusetts. I had to give up my case because there was too much going on, but I, I take, I still, like, run their book club for, for the advocates, um, monthly book club, you know, we read about novels and, uh, like, nonfiction that will help us be better advocates. Um, they don't, you don't have to devote, like, 25 hours of a month you know you can find something or even take someone under your wing you know the next person coming in that aspires to be a paralegal right like be their mentor or teach a course or like you you're great you're giving back to all of us right trying um, to <laughs> have a mission outside of like i have a purpose outside of that paycheck i would say
0: so Right, right. And that's just it. Have a purpose, have a passion. And I mean, I think the concept of, you know, we have passions. We don't have to do what we're passionate about to make money. A lot of the times we will do things that make us money so that we can do the things that we're passionate about. But if we're doing work eight hours a day, five days a week, we might as well find some true joy in it. Um, And if, okay. And did you just get that test too? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it's okay, just yeah. <laughs> I was going to apologize. I knew that was coming, but I mean my phone's on silent anyway and it just blasted. So anybody listening, that was just the national alert test on our phones. Um but what I was getting at is just is is sometimes through like you said invest in your skills and grow yourself And finding something you're really, really interested in that might be within your sector or it might be outside of your sector that your paralegal experience could support if you're kind of trying to get out of law firms, get out of the legal part of it. And through doing that, through investing in yourself, through uh, growing yourself, through specializing, or like you said, finding that niche within the niche, um, you might find a little bit more passion in, in waking up every day and going to work and knowing that you have something ahead of you. Uh, And, and, and I think that's, that's amazing. Your story is amazing. And uh, thank you for that feedback too. I'm glad you said like the networking thing. Networking is so huge. Um, You never know one person leads you to another person, leads you to another person. And then you then get to turn around and also be valuable to those who are networking with you. Um, And that's all about, I mean, that's life, I guess, is the people that you know and, and uh, how you could provide. Uh, value to people. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, Stephanie, this was such a great conversation. And I I'm, I'm so excited to to push this out to the podcast. I'm going to do it sooner than later because I think it's really great and needs to be listened to. Um so thank you so very much. And do you have a LinkedIn or any way people can get in touch with you if they wanted to maybe reach out to you for mentorship or ask you any follow-up questions can
1: yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um I do have a LinkedIn it's probably like Stephanie Lynn Schaefer I know my name is very very funky
0: (laughs) I will link link you up I'll link you up in the show notes for everybody um
1: It's a different spelling, but I'll spell it out for people here. Um, S-T-E-F-A-N-Y, and last name is Schaefer, S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R. You can find me on LinkedIn and send me a message. I'll... I check those, I promise.
0: (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. And you have a great rest of your... Thank you again so much for listening today. In the spirit of this podcast episode, I want to recommend a few of our courses specifically based on what you heard here today. Number one is the niche, uh, excuse me, the Paralegal Career Specialization for a Future Six Figure figure You. It's a 70-minute webinar where we uncover various paralegal career specializations that will definitely get you on track to reaching six figures. The other one is Unlocking Potential, Paralegals as Entrepreneurs, where we're going through how you can get more into that paralegal uh, entrepreneur mindset Just as stephanie has demonstrated here today and we'll give you some ideas some uh, prep prep work as well as guidance on it's not enough to just be an entrepreneur we want to make sure we're quantifying those results and getting ourselves to a place where we are setting ourselves up to be the ideal candidates for those future six-figure jobs if career growth is not an option within your current firm one more you might find interesting is finding your north store job for paralegals and I think this particular um, webinar and workbook might be really useful if you're just not totally sure on which direction you want to go. It has both the webinar and the workbook. It's a on you know step by step process to really uncover what your ideal uh, dream job would be within your profession. So head over to paralegalmasterylounge.com hover over our store page and toggle down to paralegal career development courses you will find them all there shop around and take your selection if you found today's episode useful please feel free actually i encourage and respectfully request you leave us a rating it helps the podcast grow and get into more ears of more ambitious paralegals so Um, Thank you again so much. As always, if you have any topics for a future episode or you'd like to be a guest on the Paralegal Mastery Lounge, connect with me through the links in the show notes and shoot me a message. Thanks so much.